the Bibles very quickly. Um, and uh, I'm going to go to Mark chapter 1 and verse 4. I feel like this is a very necessary word in spite of what we experience today. I feel like God still wants to get this to us. So I want to be obedient to him to release this to you. Guys, give me 30. 30 on the clock, please. Mark chapter 1, verse 4. Mark chapter 1, verse 4. Bible says this messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and to hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Verse 6 is our focal point today. His clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. I want to minister a message this afternoon entitled, What's That You're Eating? What's that you're eating? Thank you so much. Uh, we've been in this amazing series about potential. The basis of this, this series is to understand not only what potential we carry, but how we are to live out that potential. The main premise that I've been teaching from um, bothers people when I say stuff like this, but it's okay. Is that potential, if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, potential is crap. C-R-A-P. God bless you. Write that down. Means nothing if you don't do anything with it. So last week, we talked about the importance of environment as it relates to our potential. Today, we want to dive into the power of your diet as it relates to your potential. The truth is your potential will not be fulfilled without the proper diet in your life. Lest you be confused, I'm not only talking about a natural diet, I am talking about a spiritual diet, but I will draw great correlations today between both the natural and the spiritual, and I must say to you that I'm going to deal with the natural as well. Your diet matters as it relates to you ever fulfilling your purpose. Listen to me. It's important that you understand it's not just what you take in, but you got to pay attention to what you're not taking in that you should be taking in. A lot of times we begin to think about how things are out of sync and not in order. We focus on what it is that we have been taking in and how we need to change that or to shift that. But a lot of times it's the stuff that we're not paying any attention to that we should be taking in to be able to cause for us to be the person we're designed to be. Even in the natural, if you don't have a proper diet, if it's not intact, your life will become unhealthy. Become unhealthy. And the truth is, with an unhealthy diet, it does not always tell on itself immediately. Y'all, Vernell, say amen for me, please. It's just, an unhealthy diet will, will not tell on you always immediately. And sometimes we think unhealthy diets are only shown when you're fat. Hello? 
There's some people who have, I give you a point in case. Pastor Greg McNair can eat anything in this world. I mean, he could just eat just trash. Do you hear me? And I hate him. I don't really mean that because some of y'all are so, y'all can't say I do not like him because he does not gain anything. Are you understanding what I'm saying? This man of God can eat whatever he wants to eat. You understand? We can eat the same plate. He will walk out with nothing. Tomorrow I'll have five pounds. I can't hear nobody. It's, it's, a, it's a problem for me. So what I'm trying to tell you is that skinny does not always equal healthy. Let's get it to the spiritual. Just because on the outside you may seem like you're healthy, it does not mean that you have a good diet. If you wave your hand the right way and if you skip a dance, we might think that you're healthy. But the truth is, health is really seen from what's happening on the inside. Health is seen what's happening on the inside. Uh, we, we, you, can, you could be standing here right now, unfortunately, jumping and even moving around. But we don't know from, from eye view, from the outside, we don't know how that's affecting your heart. We don't know what's happening with your internal organs. We don't know what's happening with you at all from just looking at you on the outside. See, we become so very comfortable by appearances and we become very focused on that. And we want to make sure that everything is intact and that everything looks good. But the place where we have lost our focus, I wish I had a church in here today that would say, I know it's right. The place that we have lost our focus is on what's happening in here. It's happening on the inside of me. Listen, it doesn't matter how much potential you have if you're going to die before you see it. See what I said to you? I mean, exactly what I said. Look at your name and say, he's talking to you. If you die, what is your potential matter? It doesn't at all. Both naturally and spiritually. If you don't focus on your spiritual health, what does it matter that God has an ordination over your life? You know, people like to say, you know what, I, I don't need no man to tell me nothing about my destiny. God called me. You don't even talk to God, homies. What are you talking about? God called me. The question is not what your calling is. What are you doing to make sure that you live out your calling to its greatest place? I know you don't want this, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. It is important that you make a shift in your diet. And I mean naturally and spiritually. At first, I wasn't going to mess with it. The Lord said, Sherman, no, tell these people to lose some weight and to go to the gym too. Don't just talk about their spiritual life. Because I'm going to tell you something. Because if I just talk about your spiritual life, and if you don't do nothing natural and you ignore it, your tail is going to die. You heard exactly what I said. And I want you to write it down. You can die. And we want the prosperity of money. Southern California, we want to drive nice cars and live in a shack. You know what I'm saying? People can talk about my Toyotas I drive. Yes, baby, I drive Toyotas, but I also have a house. I live in a gated community, boo. I bought my house because my priorities are in check. You've got to make sure that spiritually and naturally that you're eating the right stuff. Y'all looking at me so crazy. So you've got to understand 
that God wants to take you to the next level. And that's why today, as we look into our text, Mark chapter 1 and 6, we see one of the greatest men that have ever walked the earth, John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the man who foretold of Jesus. He was actually the one that went before him. When before he said, there's somebody coming, I'm not, I can't even tie these sandals. This guy that's coming behind me, I am a forerunner to tell you about the man that is to come. But John the Baptist was a man who changed history. He's a man whose name is forever written into the history of our universe. So you hear what I'm saying? But it was something specific that was happening with John that caused for him to be the great man that he was. He stuck to the specific diet God assigned him. Let's work. So this is what you got to understand, is that to every purpose and to every destiny, there's a specific diet assigned. I'm going to say it again. To every purpose and to every destiny, to all of this potential in the room, there's a diet, spiritual, that's assigned to your life. And you cannot worry about what everybody else's diet is like because if you pay attention to their diet and you want to take in what they take in or you want to take in what the other person takes in, then you'll end up being out of sync because you're working somebody else's diet and not your diet. That's why you can't be some places mad about what so-and-so gets away with and then God gets on you about it. If I were you, I would forget about it because your neighbor said forget about it. You shouldn't be worrying about how God is working in somebody else. You gotta let God work in your diet. <laughs> Told y'all the story before. We, I remember living in Oklahoma and we went to Walmart. We used to go to Walmart. Walmart's like a mall out there in Oklahoma. I mean, that thing is amazing. It ain't like these old tired Walmarts out here. But the, the, Walmart in, in, in Oklahoma is amazing. And, 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 you know, we, going in Walmart, I remember coming out and I made a decision, you know, I'm going to leave this cart anywhere I feel like it. I'm a grown behind man. I ain't got to put no cart in the cart roll. I'm going to put the cart where I want to put it. Put the cart where I want to put it. And immediately the conviction of the Holy Ghost came on me. Some of y'all are like, I don't know that Holy Ghost, whatever kind of Holy Ghost. <laughs> Sir, I'm so unaware of that Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, put it where the sign says it goes. Y'all, y'all, y'all. That's why I question y'all Holy Ghost, because y'all get away with stuff that I just, I mean, God, you know what I'm saying? But, but here's the thing. I can't really question yours just because God was telling me that has nothing to do with how you handle. You might put your carts wherever you want to put it. But for me, God was calling me to be a man of order and structure. And there was going to be a day where I was going to have signs posted places. And if I disrespect it, oh, y'all don't want this. One more sign. It's possible that when my building and my business gets erected, that people parking in places they're not supposed to park. And then God saying, I want to teach you that you got to sow what you want to reap. I know y'all don't want this because you want to just live whatever kind of way you got to live. But I can't pay attention to how God's dealing with you because God has something different he's trying to get out of me. You preaching in here, man. Thank you, sir. It's important that you understand the comparison. I'm telling you, 
it will kill your journey. Comparing yourself to what that joker next to you got going on. You understand me? Worrying about how fast they got it, how slow they got it, or what they've been able to take in or not take in. This man had a very different kind of diet. God could have just spoken about the man and said that he was who he was, but it was something very special for him to point out what he ate. It was something very prophetic. Nothing is just written in the scriptures. God locked something in there. Locusts and honey. Why? Why? Why did he eat chicken? Why, why, didn't, why didn't he eat the eggs? Why was his diet locusts and honey? I'm happy you asked, class. Uh, locusts was something that was seen as a sign of judgment. Locusts. Locusts were consumers. Usually locusts were not eaten. Here and there in the history of the East, Middle East, people did eat them. They would dry them out and eat them, but it was not regularly received as people going around and just saying locusts for lunch. Joel chapter 2 begins to show us all through there even how locusts work and again how they were a sign of judgment. Why would God tell his prophet to eat locusts? Now, I got to deal with this just for a moment, but before I tell you why, you got to understand that all throughout Scripture, God commanded men and women to do things that didn't make sense naturally, but that God was trying to get something in it. You know, he told one prophet, marry a prostitute. Some of y'all know what that's like. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Just, I'm only playing. It's only a joke. Don't get uncomfortable. So, 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 so God would give them all kinds of assignments. And he assigned this prophet to eat locusts. In my mind, Brian Stokes, if God had talked to me about eating locusts, it'd be a problem. I don't like incest, man. And I'm a full man. I don't care what y'all say. I, I'm a real man, and I do not like incest. You hear me? I barely like to take out the trash. I do it because it was a part of my contract with my wife before we got married. So I do it in honor of my spouse, but I don't even like the flies that fly around the trash outside. Okay? But I couldn't imagine God saying, eat it. I'm going to make this a part of your diet. Sometimes God will call for you to do the very thing that oftentimes will not be normal, will not be usual, and nobody else around you is doing it. And I said, nobody else around you is doing it. You got a higher soul. It does not matter what they are doing. Focus on what he said to you. The locusts. Or a sign of judgment. Locusts were consumers. Why would God have his prophet swallow the locusts? It was a prophetic sign in his diet that the consumer was being consumed. It was a prophetic statement that, that even though judgment had been upon God's people, that coming in a moment was going to be deliverance. 
It was a prophetic sign you preaching, sir. Thank you. That the destroyer was about to be destroyed. It was a prophetic sign. So God almost said, John, every time you eat, you prophesy. Y'all don't want this. He said, every time you eat, you don't even got to say a word. Just sit down and have lunch, John. And every time John sat down for lunch and pulled him out a nice bowl of locusts, he began to prophesy even in what he ate to say that there is a change coming. I know there was a destroyer before. I know there was a consumer before, but as I eat this locust, let it be a sign to you that something better is coming, something greater is coming. You've got to understand that your diet prophesies to you. What you're doing right now, it may not make sense to you because you're like, God, I don't even have X, Y, Z yet. I haven't even moved into this. I don't even have that. I have no staff yet, God. God, I don't have any, any parts of anything. I don't have the money that I need. And God's like, it don't matter. I'm trying to discipline you. I'm trying to prepare you for what is coming. What you're eating now is a prophetic statement to where he's about to take you. He says, eat you a nice bowl of locusts. He said, but don't want you just to eat locusts. I want you to have you some honey. Thank you, Jesus. At least, so the man of God was like, can I dip the, the locusts in the honey? I mean, God, can we, can we mix it up? Come on here. I have a question for y'all. With grits, is it sugar or salt? Okay, thank you. All right, I was just wondering. <laughs> I was just... <laughs> Y'all are so crazy. You see, everybody has their preference. Uh, how they shall eat what they eat. Are y'all rocking here today? Come on, pull it in. <laughs> you got to understand. That we have desires. We got things we like. We got stuff we don't like. But at the end of the day, we're called to take in what he wants us to take in. Are y'all getting this today? What is the diet that he had this man do? He said, I'm going to give you some honey. Why honey? Honey was prophesying about the land. When you begin to actually study honey and you begin to go through scriptures, even in Exodus chapter 33, it's not only with the children of Israel, but God began to talk about in his word how he would bring honey out of the ground. He's talking about how you bring honey out of a rock. He begins to talk about honey. Every time we begin to see honey or many times we begin to see honey, honey is always correlated with land or territory. This is so good. So prophetically, God was telling John, I need you to sit and eat this honey because as you eat this honey, John, you're prophesying about the territory that's about to be won back. The thing that hell thought it had, the thing that hell thought it wanted. Every time you eat honey, you're prophesying that the land is still redeemable. Oh God, I feel like running because people try to say that America is down for the count and that America, and people talk about California, talk about we're going to fall in the sea. Your mama going to fall in the sea, fool. California is not falling into the sea as long as the remnant is in the building. I can't get nobody. As long as I live in California, it ain't going into the sea. He said, John, 
John, I want you to sit down and I want you to have a bowl of locusts, but I need you to eat some honey too. Because I need you to prophesy about the victory that's going to come in the land. So this man taught us something. The story of him being the forerunner that declares that Jesus is coming, walking out his purpose, he gives us the revelation to every purpose and destiny and to all potential, there is a specific diet. There is a specific diet. Here's the truth. I can't tell you what your diet is. You can't come to me and ask me to pull on all of my prophetic giftings and to prophesy to you your diet. It's not my job. I'm not a psychic. Not to handicap you from God. I'm to draw you to God. It's for you to get into prayer and to ask God, Dwight, what is my diet? I'm going to make it make more sense in a minute. What is my diet? What am I taking in? What should I take in? What should I stop taking in? So, so, so let's talk. Let's, 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 let's talk. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk about what's happening with you. Let's talk about, let's talk about your habits. Let's talk about what you take in both naturally and spiritually. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Because you have the power to change whatever you want to change. I know you don't want to. I know we, we want to blame God. And if I, had a, if I had a prayer group and a group of intercessors that were standing with me, all that, you know, put it away. Uh, the truth is that you have the power to change whatever you don't like about your life. Y'all don't like what I'm saying to you, but you better receive this. I was looking at a picture of myself. I was standing on a stage, a very large stage this weekend. I saw a picture of myself. I looked at my wife. I said, I don't like the way my midsection looks in that picture. And my wife looked over to me, and she said something very simple but very profound. She said, we already know what we need to do. The problem is we're just not doing it. Now, you can look at me like that if you want to and judge me, okay? Because some of y'all got more pounds than I got. But the truth is uh, that there is stuff about your life that you don't like. And you want to say that you're waiting on this and that to get it together. I just need a word from the Lord. Lies you tell. The truth is you already know what you want to do. The problem is, is that you just won't do it. So then you have to really evaluate if you really wanted to change or you just like to hear the sound of your voice. many weeks off and on. I'm telling you, I'm vegan one week. I'm vegan the next week. The next week, I try steak again. The week after that, I, I, I do that. I am so back and forth and topsy-turvy with my diet, but at the same time, I'm talking about I want to bring my sexy back, and, and I want to be the sexiest preacher alive on the planet. And some of y'all don't like nobody saying that, but you could, I said it, and I mean it. And, 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 and so I'm like, you know, I just want to get it together. I lost me a lot of weight, and I was looking good, and I started working out, and I was like, then something just started happening. I said, Lord, 
The truth is that if I wanted to change, I know what to do. Because the sad part is that I've done it before. You don't want to hear me talk to you today. The truth is, you don't really need another solution. You just don't want to work the solution you've already had. Just do it and stay with it. I need you to hit somebody that look like they're sick of me and say, get some consistency in here. I got to go, but in Daniel chapter 1, we see somebody else with a particular diet. Daniel and his boys are called by a whole nation to come and serve. They're taken in captive. They're actually of royal birth. Many believe there are individuals that were very, very powerful in their hometown before they were carried captive. These people of royal descent are now pulled into captivity. And the king at that time says, I have a diet I want you to eat. The Bible begins to talk about how they wanted him to eat and his boys to eat the king's meat, the king's delicacies, the king's wine. They wanted them to take that in. But Daniel made a decision that I don't care what you've done with all of the rest of these folks. That even in the midst of an uncomfortable situation, I'm going to stand up for what is right, even though everybody else is doing it. Oh, hello in here. So I know weed is, is I know weed is, is um, I know it's um, legal. And I understand that everybody, not really, because there's many of us in here, you know, we ain't smoking jack. But there's many people that, that are smoking, and, and there's no judgment, first of all. No judgment zone. No, no judgment zone, okay? So here we go. We're smoking it, but we're smoking it because somebody says it's okay. When the reality is if we really assess it, we realize, we, if we really talked at the end of the day and really were real and not lying, we know that God don't want us smoking marijuana. If we were really, really honest, I know, I know y'all don't like this right now. There's a bunch of weed smokers here. I can feel it right now. Y'all looking at me real hard. I feel it. So we want to stick with it, even though we really don't know. And let me tell you why, anything that impairs you, anything. I'm just using this example. But anything that impairs your process, your thinking, it's not something that you want to take in. That includes some of you that go comatose on ice cream. So I just wanted to, I, let's get off the weed smokers. I love y'all weed smokers, you know what I'm saying? Let's talk about you who eat so much ice cream that you cannot stay awake. And what you don't know is that you are on the verge of a very strong diabetic situation. Ask your doctor. When you begin to take in ice cream to the point that you become so lethargic and you cannot stay awake, you're on your way somewhere. Taking in a substance that impairs your ability to do what you're supposed to do. Because you're talking about, oh, work is so overwhelming. Work is so overwhelming. Oh my God, all my friend problems. I just need me some ice cream. Not I need to do my work, I need some ice cream. So then you take in the ice cream and what happens? Your laundry is still stacked up. 
Just say amen. Just say amen. Your work is still not done, but you've been controlled by a substance. Drunk on ice cream. This man says, I don't care what everybody else thinks is okay. Doesn't make it okay for me. So he comes to the guy that's over the servants and says, listen, what we're going to do over here, we're going to eat nuts, grains, a little fruit. That's what we're going to do. So then the man says to Daniel, I'm concerned about you and how the king will respond. Because if you do not eat this food that's set up, I'm afraid that you and your friends will become pale and that you will not look as healthy as the other men and then the king is going to come after me and you. Daniel was so strong on his diet, Pepta, that he looked the man in the face and said, no worries, homie. Nothing to be concerned about. I promise you that after a certain amount of days, think it was 10, after 10 days, I want you to come check me out, the boys out. I want you to check everybody else out. And I guarantee you that we will be in better shape than the ones that ate the diet you assigned. Y'all, I hope y'all are getting this. What does this mean, Apostle Sherman? It means that I'm not going to pay attention to what they're telling you to do and what everybody else is doing. I'm going to eat the diet God's assigned me. And even though it may seem like you might be a little ahead of me or that you might get more advanced than me, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to stick to my convictions that as long as I keep my diet, I'm going to end up where God wants me to go. I will be who God called me to be because I'm going to not leave my potential on the table. I'm going to take in the right stuff and I'm going to push away the right stuff. Are you hearing this? Bible said they came to check them out. Come play something for me. They said they came to check them out and when they came to check them out they were like, oh. Here was the confession at the end of the story is that Daniels and his boys were ten times better. I need y'all to get this today than everybody else that was in the kingdom. What are you saying to me, apostle? What are you taking in? So let's talk diet for the week. Because we're not just talking about natural. We're focusing on the spiritual. If you do not have a regular routine, let me say something to you. We were made as creatures of habit. We were made as creatures of habit. You can't want breakthrough without creating a habit. Do not think that all habits are bad. Being habitual about something creates discipline. I'm teaching you. Being habitual about something creates discipline. To say, I wake up at this time. I... I go to bed at this time. I eat at this time. I do this at this time. Having a schedule is a part of building a habit. If I want real change, I want to see society shifted. I want to fulfill my potential and my destiny. Maybe my goal is just to be a better mom. 
Maybe you said, Pastor, you're always talking about changing the world, changing the world. No, baby, but my main focus is I want you to start on changing your world. When we say we are world changers, we starting at home because if you're changing the world out here and your home's still stinky and ugly, it don't matter. Are you getting this? So how do I change my world? I've got to create the right habits. You can't want change in your house and you don't habitually pray. Only people who want to not pray argue the fact of having a disciplined prayer life. You just want to say, well, it's just me and God. We just, we just talk all day. Amen. I'm not telling you that's wrong. What I'm telling you is that most of the time when you don't build a habit for something, you end up not doing it. Uh, I'm on every one of y'all toes in here. It's beautiful to see. Hello, church. Um, if you're not building a habit for it, you usually don't do it. That's why you're behind schedule. You're in 2018 on 16 vision. God's like, I am so past that. I'm not even thinking about that anymore. Are you still praying to me about that? But you stay up to date when you get daily bread. That was good. Uh, you, you stay up to date when you get daily bread. Give us this day. This day, right? So in every day, I've taught you before, but some of you still not doing it. That's why I'm repeating it. That's why I'm repeating it. Give us this day. So you can't call a prophet if you haven't grabbed the bread for the day yet. Don't call a prayer partner. Don't send me no email for sure. If you have not talked to God for yourself to find out what you got for me in this day. Oh, what is locked in this day? What do you want to say to me? Why are you stressed out? I'm going to tell you why you stressed Because your diet's not right. You want to know why you frustrated? Because your diet's not right. Because I am telling you, when anxiety tries to come on you and the enemy tries to convince you that God is a liar and he's not telling the truth, all I'm telling you, all I do is run into his presence and when I get into his presence, I crack open his word, he starts to Settle my emotions. He starts to ground me. He begins to teach me how to talk to myself like Moses had to do. He said, I command my soul. I'm in charge of these emotions. These emotions are not in charge of me. I tell them what they're going to do. I, what is depressing in the face of a holy God? I am going to run into his presence and God will begin to regulate my, ah, my imbalances. He'll start to put me on track. You've got to change your diet. You got to get in there. So what's that going to look for you this week? Homework! What's that going to look like for you this week? We're trying to change the world. I'm not trying to say we have an amazing pastor with swag and that can preach. Thank you. I appreciate it. But it's important that at the end of the day that I come and get what I'm supposed to get and to apply it or none of this really matters. 
God said something to a man. In Ezekiel chapter 3, begin to talk to Ezekiel. He says, son of man, eat what I am giving you. He said, eat the scroll. Eat the scroll. Eat what I've made available for your assignment. Eat what I have told for you to eat. Because the Bible goes on to say in verse 3 of Ezekiel 3, the Bible begins to say, Then go, give this message to the people of Israel. You have no message without a diet. You have nothing to say until your diet is adjusted. If you have not eaten the scroll, don't talk of the man that handed you the scroll. Y'all get this today. I'm not just talking about preaching. I'm talking about in business. I'm talking about in entrepreneurship. I'm talking about in education. I'm talking about all of these things. People are upset about that judge that's been appointed recently. I hear everything that everybody has to say. My question is, how many judges are we going to raise up? How many people are we going to pay to go to school so that we can have righteous people and righteous? And I'm not saying that man's not righteous, but so that we can have righteous people in place. But if you don't put the scripture back up, Ezekiel 3, 3, if you don't eat what he told you to eat, you have no message. You're only fulfilling potential when you're doing what the manufacturer told you to do. Otherwise, you're crafting your own idea of fulfillment. And the only way you find out what the manufacturer wants you to do is that you actually go and talk to the man to say, what should this look like for me on a daily basis? Want to change the world? Change your diet. Lift your hands. Father, I thank you for the powerful experience that you've given us today. I pray that this word, Father, hits the heart of your people. We can shift. We can change. Thank you, Lord, that you're giving us a brand new appetite. That you're beginning to teach us to love the things you love and to hate the things you hate. Teaching us to come into your presence and to receive the direction that you have for us. We thank you, Lord, for the potential you've given us, Father. But we promise we won't waste this potential because we lack discipline. We're going to discipline ourselves. We're going to discipline our minds. We're going to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And we're going to do exactly what you have designed for us to do. Father, we say goodbye to the times and the spaces where we have been stuck and had no motion and no movement. But we say hello to the thing we've been designed to do. We receive, Father, your directions. We receive your correction. We receive your love. We receive your hope that you're releasing over us today. And we make a decision that we are going to the next level we are going to the next place and we will fulfill exactly what it is that you've designed for us to do while your hands are lifted just take a minute and just begin to worship him i feel like god wants to drop this word uh, into your heart at another level and it's going to happen on the wings of your worship so while your hands are lifted just open your own mouth the Lord is calling you to a place of discipline. He's calling you to a place of discipline. Not just in your natural diet, but in your spiritual diet. It's time to take in the word. It's time to pray. There's lives that need to be transformed. There are things that need to be done. And God wants to use you. 
He wants to use you. He wants to use you. He wants you to change the face of the way things have been done before in your sphere of influence. He wants to use you. You're going to be a pioneer. You're going to be the first to do much of what you have seen. You will not do it like that. You will create. You will create. You will become. You will do. And you will do it masterfully. Father, we thank you for what you're doing right now. Let that commissioning grace come upon us to commission us, oh God, to go into the place you've designed for us to be in. We are grateful today for the assignment that you've given us. In Jesus' name. Listen, I believe that there are...